You're listening to The Powerful Creator Show with your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. And now, here's your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. I am so honored to have you join me here today on the Cap Powerful Creator Show. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, before we jump into our conversation, the first question I love to ask my guests is what it means to you to be a powerful creator. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I have cheated and listened to a number of your podcasts. So I know you're going to ask that question. Um, and, you know, I'm a lawyer by day and I think like a light worker by day as well, right? As a lawyer, words mean everything to me. And so when I think of being a powerful creator, I think of creating through words. And the words that I use, whether it's in a classroom or a courtroom with a client, but more importantly, the words that I use when I talk to myself and the realities that I create through the specific words that I use. That's probably a super long answer, but um, being a powerful creator means creating what you want or what you don't want through the power of your words. Oh boy, we can dive into a wonderful conversation about this. (laughs) You are speaking my language. I um, heard recently, well, maybe about within the last year that the term abracadabra means I create as I speak. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of wisdom in that, the power of words and creating with your words. So I would love you to dive a little bit deeper about what that means to you. So, I started thinking about this as it relates to me personally a couple of years ago. You know, a few years ago, I was going to a a retreat in Costa Rica. It was like a yoga adventure retreat. And I had this dream that I was going to die in an ATV accident. And it was so realistic that I literally told people, I don't think I'm coming back from Costa Rica. Like I was saying goodbye to people. It was very dramatic, right? It was, it was like super dramatic. My friend's like, really? That's a very extra big first world problem. You're going to Costa Rica for a yoga retreat. I can't listen to this crazy dream you had. But I kept saying it when I was in Costa Rica. Mm. And to the day we were supposed to actually go on an ATV adventure in a rainforest, in a storm, I was the only person that had a helmet on. Then a couple of other people had the helmet. And I refused to drive the ATV. So let somebody else drive it. And then a voice came to me and it said, now's the time for your accident. I was like, oh my God. And then literally I heard another voice saying, but you're not going to die. And as that happened, and I wasn't driving, the ATV flipped over and the ATV landed right on my hip. And ever since then, I was like, I got to really watch my words. Mm. But I actually didn't learn from that. And then I think the next time that really struck me was I was arguing with my son and I was saying, you know, you know, I've got high blood pressure. You're going to drive me to the hospital with a heart attack. Three days later, I was in the hospital with what they thought was a heart attack. Oh my Literally, gosh. the troponin levels were elevated. You know, my cardiologist eventually said it wasn't a heart attack, but everything in your body mimicked it. And I still didn't learn. And a few months later, I was having another argument with my son because, of course, I didn't learn. I was like, you know what? You're going to make me have a stroke. You know, I just had a heart attack. You're going to make me have a stroke. Right. Again, very dramatic. Three days later, I'm in the hospital. What they thought was a stroke it was not a stroke, but all the signs of a stroke. And so now I really, really, really know as if it took me a while, right? <laughs> to, to really realize the, the power of words. So I focus on my words and it's so odd because when I am a law professor and I'm a lawyer, so when I teach students about the power of words, mm-hmm. it's 
you know, word placement. It's so important, but I never really thought about it, about the effect it has on what am I saying to myself? What am I internalizing? And what am I putting out there? So even now, if it's, I was just talking to somebody right before we got on. She's like, I hate yoga. I was like, why don't you try? I don't love it yet. I was like, let's, let's just switch it around, right? Let's just look at, are we using words like never, should, but how do we use it? So think of every single word as that, as that, that magic potion, which can either have really potentially deadly effects yeah. or can completely switch things around. So yeah. I spent a lot of time thinking about the words. I even, I, I record my own affirmations at night and mm-hmm. I did my own voice. And so I go to sleep listening to it. I wake up listening to it. I put like 528 megahertz behind it, you know, the healing frequencies. So because I was like, why am I listening to everybody else's affirmations? And why am I listening to somebody else's subliminals? By the way, who knows what they're saying, right? Because it's so subliminal, I have no idea. (laughs) I could be be doing all kinds of things like walking in the freezer and eating ice cream in the middle of the night because I don't know what's going on there. So like, let me just, let me just use my own words with my own voice, which by the way, is going to resonate with my body energetically in a totally different way. Yes. Um, so I spent a lot of time thinking about words and, wow. and what they mean. Those are three so powerful examples of being, I mean, just saying, just showing and demonstrating what a powerful creator you are in your own right as a creative woman and realizing how you're manifesting. And not only that, but I mean, the dream of the accident to me was a premonition. I don't think right. spoke it. It was telling you this is going to happen. And I do believe that we do have those. I've had those same kinds of experiences, premonitions like that, where you just know it's a knowing. Oh my gosh. There's so many things that I want to ask you. <laughs> so you're a lawyer by day, which is obviously a very important job and a professor. You're a very busy woman, but yet you are a light worker. So how did that come about? Is this something that you've always had or did this develop in your life? You know, I grew up totally interested in mysticism, but like Christian mystics. My mother was a Catholic, the kind of Catholic that she wishes the mass was still in Latin. You know, <laughs> she goes six days a week. Yeah, you know, yeah. she was there in COVID, like when the churches were shut down, like that kind of Catholic. Gotcha. But she gave me a book when I was growing up about saints. But mm-hmm. I don't think she realized that a lot of the saints were really like Christian mystics. Yes. And even at the age of eight or nine, I was like, this is completely fascinating. And I was totally interested but then I kind of turned to the lawyer side and started focusing on just totally being rational, 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 mm-hmm. like shutting down that part of me, but I think was always there. And then I started over the last year and a half, I've had a lot of really serious things go on personally, professionally, health-wise, where I was like, I need to figure out kind of what my relationship is to God. Is God mm-hmm. like energy? And then of course I'm super logical. I'm like, well, the gospels are written 40 years after he died. So it wasn't, so I'm like, you know, cause that's how I think, right? So I'm, a, yes. I'm like analyzing the Bible and then I'm like, I don't think that's it. But I think it's an energy. And I just started really focusing on that. And I started focusing on the need for a complete unconditional love and uncompromised forgiveness. And I started thinking about that and it just started to resonate. And I just started to feel calmer because again, I had just had like a fake heart attack, a fake stroke, blood pressure medicine wasn't working. I was like, I'm not gonna die from whatever these, something is going on. I gotta do something. So part of it was, I've got to save my life. Part of it was all the personal stuff that was going on that I was like crying out to help for something. Mm. And then as I started investigating what spirit, spirituality, frequencies, what all that stuff means, I started getting my own feeling. I decided I wanted to learn Reiki. And so I learned Reiki and I started thinking about meditation and I started looking at all of these things that 
partly because I was just really intellectually curious, mm -hmm. but I was trying to figure out like what it is for me. Yeah. And then the weirdest thing is that I kept a lot of that stuff separate. I'm like, this is the serious lawyer. This is the, and you know, and never the twain shall meet with this kind of <laughs> woo woo spiritual side. But I started talking to my students because lawyers have terrible mental health issues, high rates of suicide, depression, addiction. Mm. And I started talking to my students because I have a son with a serious mental illness and a, an addiction. I said, you know, I'm not your therapist, but I'll understand. If you want to talk to me, if you want to talk to whatever, I'm happy to talk to you. And I started realizing that the stuff I went through with my son, with him being hospitalized six times in two years and all the kinds of things, it was all meant for me to be there for somebody else. Mm -hmm. to talk to the parents of some of my kids, my students who would call me from mental hospital saying, you mentioned on the first day of class that you had a son with bipolar. I know I can talk to you. And then I'm talking to the person's parents. I'm like, this is what I'm here for. Um, and it really changed me from being victim to being vessel, right? I'm supposed to be doing this. Like God wouldn't have put all this crap on me if it wasn't for something. Cause you can go like, why me? I'm like, all right, now I know why me. Yeah. And so I always think of, you know, things are happening for me to help somebody else. Mm. And recently I've started putting more of the personal stuff on LinkedIn, the very personal stuff that I wouldn't do wow. videos. I did one about tapping yesterday, it's like stuff, just, you know, going outside, taking walks in the sunrise. Normally I post about like super legal stuff, right? It looks smart. I started posting the personal stuff and I'm getting like hundreds of reactions, people reaching out to me saying, you've really inspired me to do this. Or, Hey, I didn't like meditation either. You said meditation wasn't your thing and now you're doing it. Can you talk to me about meditation or can you, what is this tapping thing, EFT thing you're talking about? And it's so strange. I've had people say like, you're changing my life with your posts recently. I'm like, really? Like, that's weird. You know, but again, it's the power of words, right? right? And I've been doing it with videos as well. And it's the power of showing up authentically yeah. to people who I actually thought were going to be turned off by this kind of woo-woo spiritual, you know, your energy and your meridians, you know, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's not usually like a LinkedIn kind of thing. Right, right. But all these stressed out lawyers are reaching out to me. I didn't even realize I was connected with them on LinkedIn. But wow. sometimes people I'm not connected with, people who are second and third connections are now reaching out saying, Hey, do you, what books you recommend? I think I need to, I think I need something. So I'm going through, literally, I was talking to somebody before. I was like, I'm going through like this existential crisis. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, mm. but I think I'm just like letting things flow. And it's yes. the reaction I'm getting from people over the past few weeks is saying, you thought you were going to be doing this business consulting and you want to do this executive coaching. You're, you're going to bring the spirituality into it, whether you like it or not, because that's what people are saying that they need. I just feel like singing. How old are you? <laughs> I'm serious because I, I just, I love this so much. And I just had a conversation, this very conversation today with a girlfriend about the bringing, you know, with what I do and working in corporate a lot is that I teach meditation. I teach mindfulness. I do creativity and creative exercises. And the whole point of it is at the end of that journey, people ultimately come face-to-face -face with themselves and the inside and you realize that there's more there there's more to us there's more to us as beings and oh my gosh this work that you're doing is so beautiful and I have that same intellectual curiosity 
And this will spring off into an, an amazingly great conversation right now for all the people out there that are super logical, very rational thinkers, which I am too. And I spent many, many years trying to heal my own traumas and my own heart wounds and my own emotional patterning wounds with my brain, with my thoughts, with my mind. And only really, really recently within this last year, recognized and realized that the true healing comes about through energy work. Yeah. So I would love for you to dive in around that topic about taking it out of our minds. We do have to heal our minds. That's a part of it. But then there's so much more. There's so much more that needs to be tapped into. And the free keep yeah. doing, I'd love for you to talk about that. You know, it's, it's I, I, I still never get away from the intellectual part because part of me also realizes I want to reach as many people as possible, right? So I've done, you know, been certified in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which, by the way, so of half the priests and pastors, but they never want anybody to know that because, <laughs> you know, but it's how do you use language and words and communicate, right? Yeah. And so... On Thursday, I sit in a group of spiritual NLP people, which is typically pastors and priests, et cetera, because I have so many friends who are super, super religious that if you were to talk about Reiki or frequencies or chakras, they'd freak out. So I'm like, Reiki, it's just like laying on hands. Same thing. Who's in the Bible? You know, <laughs> like Jesus, energy healer. Exactly. What do you think he was doing? <laughs> energy healer. It's in the Bible. <laughs> so, and so I sit in the spiritual NLP thing so I can get the language to talk to my friend. So a friend of mine, her, she's, her mother is in Jamaica right now with a heart attack and she's freaking out. So I said, let's pray. But I also said, I want you to imagine that the angels are sending her green healing light from her heart. And I want you now to imagine the, the, you can pick pink, green, rose gold, whatever, whatever's coming from you. Just imagine that light going, but I had to, to couch it with, you know, Archangel Raphael and, you know, and Jesus, but I had to use the language that would resonate with her because if I said, I'm going to send her some heal, some distance healing with Reiki, I think she would have been, she would have been kind of, it would have been an affront to her. Mm, yeah. But as I'm starting to talk to her about things like synchronicities and those kinds of things, you know, I'm like, see, God gave me a sign. So if you know the vocabulary, you can reach almost anybody. And I feel that that's been very helpful because now I've got her. She's like, I sent the green healing light. I was like, good, good. That's not language she would ever have used before. Right. Um, and, 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 and friends who were working on like, I think forgiveness is the number one thing you can do to heal anything, no matter what it is. I don't right. care what's going on in your life, work life, home life, etc. So I work with a lot of my clients and, and personal friends on forgiveness I said, let's do a forgiveness meditation. And we go through so many different kinds of things. And, and it takes a lot of, out of me, but I also feel, I feel like depleted at the end, but then I'm like, I got to bring the energy back in. I, I got to keep the kind of boundaries, but I feel like I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to persist. So it's like people like laws, you're calling. I said, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so when I think of energy work, I try not to, it took me a while to actually say people, I do energy work. I didn't say that out loud to people other than the other people that I work with for the Reiki until like three weeks ago. Wow. It was almost like, it was almost like I was coming out with like some, you know, you know, I've got, you know, this incurable leprosy kind of like, because it was weird because you know, I'm like, no, I'm a lawyer who does energy work. And then I found all these other lawyers who do energy work, like, oh my gosh, you do it too? You know, oh and then I've had students saying, 
I resonate so much with you, Professor, because when you talked about, you know, let's do some breathing before we get started and let's talk about box breathing and let's talk about, you know, that's your Kundalini thing works well, but now it's a panic attack. Let's, let's bring it down. Like, you know, like you have the chakras tattooed on your arms. I'm like, yeah, don't let the chakras fool you. I'm still going to fail you if you don't do your work. But, <laughs> but, but, but it's deep. It's like almost for lawyers, especially and people in corporate and very buttoned down jobs where you've got to have the mask on. Nice. I think they just feel glad that they can like, like I see you like, like, like yeah. it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. And, and, that's what I want to bring to the legal profession and the button up professions that not only is it okay, it's good for you. And you never know. And I think my experience with these people on LinkedIn, there's so many people that are hungry to learn about what does it mean? What does the flow of energy mean? Mm. Um, you know, what are these, you know, I actually got a, a job because I said to the person, is that selenite behind you? coaching she's like yeah you know selenite it's like yeah it's like look at my piece of selenite like, <laughs> i love crystals like really me too look at the 62 crystals i have over here and we had a whole conversation about crystals wow. it was literally about like an executive coaching thing at a major law firm and we bonded over crystals but you know but if i didn't know it was selenite i would thought it was like a pretty cool white thing that i was on her desk nice but rock. yeah <laughs> a nice, nice rock weird shape but nice rock you know <laughs> but so i think people are kind of coming out and, and yeah. it's, but not like in a trendy kind of fad way, but like a, this is what we need. And I think the pandemic has also really gotten people to say, I'll try anything at oh, this point. 100%. And it's also, you know, a lot of people are, have been forced to sit with themselves in ways that they never did before. They don't have as many ways to keep themselves busy or preoccupied with you know, out, anything outside of your house. And so this is, it has been a, 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 well, and there's just an energy shift, I believe going on anyway. Absolutely. The planet itself is vibrationally ascending and changing and we on it are changing with it. And so I do, I am also seeing this happening in, um, in a more public sphere where like, you know, as a mindfulness teacher and mindfulness trainer, five, six, seven years ago, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And now there's a lot of big companies that have full-time people on staff. Oh my gosh. You said so many things that I just, oh, I just want to talk about and, and spring off of. I just love what you're doing and the, this market that you're reaching and these, and especially being a professor and working with kids who are entering into a very stressful career. And are you seeing that, this is a shift in a career for you long-term that you're going to be wanting to do this kind of work or bring it? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I love to teach. I love the impact that I can have on students. Um, and I think I can have a different impact this way. Mm. I love coaching clients. I love seeing them get the aha moments. I love seeing them say, I've just set some boundaries for the first time or, I had that difficult conversation and thanks for walking me through it. I get so much joy out of that. Um, the, I love consulting with small businesses and helping them grow. My biggest problem, I was just telling somebody this, is that there's too many things that I love to do, which is a really unicorn first world kind of problem, right? Yes, I, yes. I, I, next year will be 30 years that I'm a lawyer. I have loved every legal job I've had. Oh, that's I so am really unusual in that. Um, but that's why 
I feel like I have to stay connected to lawyers because mm -hmm. so few people feel that way. And when you're unhappy at work, you're unhappy at home, which by the way, is now the same place, right? So, but, and, and the amount of things that I've gone through in my life, but especially in the past two years that I feel were, I feel like I look at like, that was school for me. That was like my graduate school. I don't have, you know, I have certifications and different kinds of things with coaching, but I'm not an ICF coach or that kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't need that. I've, I've gone through the school of life, right? And, and I feel like I can speak a language to some people that can ease them in before we get to the frequencies and the vibrations and the fifth dimension and the ascension and, you know, the, and that kind of stuff. Um, and, 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 and so I feel like, like I'm being guided that I can't leave because I was like, maybe I should just quit full time and just, you know, live off ramen noodles and just be a coach and a spiritual coach. <laughs> but the message I'm getting is like, no, you have to stay where you are because I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yes. The that are reaching out to me and saying, you saved my life. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was talking to a student. I, ha I haven't seen her for five years. And she says, I've seen the stuff you post on LinkedIn. And I don't know if you ever, you never know that we had a conversation one day in your office and you saved my life. I was going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself that night. Um, and something you said, I just, I did, I couldn't do it. And I just wanted to thank you. And so I don't know how many people I might have met. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little teary-eyed. Um, my, my son has lost a lot of friends to suicide. He's lost, he's 25. He's lost, I think, eight or nine friends to suicide. Wow. Um, I look at that generation coming up. He's an artist. Um, and I look at these law students and I know I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be with the students around the young people and then around the super stressed out lawyers who are going to turn out super stressed out kids right. if we don't stop the cycle, right? I would yeah. love to see more schools. And I see it now, but more schools talking about meditation. I would love to see the parents that I'm working with work with their kids on meditation. I'd like to see them, the power of the words, instead of, you know, praising them for the great grades they got, praise them for the effort. So that yes. they don't feel that stress that I've got to get straight A's. Yeah. I've got to, I, you know, because otherwise that's where my value lies. Yeah. So that's, I want to kind of help break some generational issues because otherwise the problems are going to perpetuate. 100%. I'm so with you on the same page. And it's so hard to see, uh, you know, this, this younger generation, my, my oldest child is almost 19 and also has some mental health issues. And so I, I relate to that struggle and the, you know, just the, there's exercises and things you can do. And, and the other thing, you know, going back again to the power of words and uh, words just get flung around so much and especially on social media. And it takes away the, the real communication that's there, the body language, the tone of voice, the choice of words, being even careful in the words that you're selecting. And I'm just, I'm loving this work that you're doing and the impact. And, you know, I had a similar experience with a friend that told me that I said something that completely changed the course of her life. And what was funny, Marcia, is that it was totally the answer to a prayer that I had been praying every day that I'm, you know, I wake up, I do my morning routine, I meditate and I pray every day. And I always say, please use my life for a grand purpose. Let my life be meaningful. Let me show up and be a vessel for you to empty me more of you. 
And I kept saying, like, I just kept saying this. I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And so my girlfriend tells me, you said something that completely changed the trajectory of my life. And what I realized in that moment, how that was the answer to the prayer was that, oh my gosh, it's none of my business how I'm used. I don't know when that word or what I say is going to be, if it's a checker at the grocery store or if it's a person at the gas station or whatever, the importance of minding our words and our energy and being containers for love. Yeah, I agree. So I, love I that. agree. I love I think especially now as we're both more connected through social media and less connected than ever before, yes. that, that it's really important to have a way to connect with people. And again, like you said, it could be the person in front of you in the grocery store by just saying hello or just saying have a good day or saying to the person, thanks for all that you do. Yes. That might be the only nice thing they hear that whole day. 100%. And that can completely change their mood. So when they go home, they're nicer to their kids and they're nicer to their husband and they don't kick the dog and everybody's happier. Even yeah, for and that. as a lawyer, they show up for their clients. <laughs> exactly. exactly. In a way that they want to serve instead of like, oh, another person I have to deal with. Exactly. It's oh, like, I, friends are like, I've got to go to work. I was like, I mean, you get to go to work. You have a job, yeah. right? You get to go to work. There's to a lot work. of people that will take your job in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, so... I love it. I want to commend you for having the courage and the bravery to stand in. Well, and I think this is when true spirituality and true showing up arrives is when, when you're willing to stand in a space where you just say, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I'm in the right space and I know that I'm being utilized. So I want to commend you for having that courage to do that. Yeah. And to own that and to really share that. And then also to share it, the courage to share it with other people is there's a lot of vulnerability in that. I'm trying to help other Taipei people realize, you know, just, just let it go. Just my mantra for the year is I'm surrendering to the miracles. It's hard. It's hard to not, you know, whether you focus on like, I'm trying to let that divine feminine in because my whole life I'm a doer. I'm a, I'm going to get stuff done. And now I'm like, you know, let me just sit. And again, I'll be told what to do. And that's how I'm going to know what to do. It's, yes. it's fun. And it's nerve wracking at the same time. It's like, all right, I'm waiting. What's the message? And then meanwhile, I'm saying something to somebody and that's the message. Exactly. I just don't even know, right? <laughs> like, oh, that was the message. Okay. That was the message. I said that. <laughs> it's my words for this year are faith and flow. So kind of that same thing. And exactly that getting out of that masculine, do, go, create, make, check off my list energy mm -hmm. into more of a, of a relaxation energy. And I had a total visualization the other day in a meditation where I just realized when you relax, you float. And it just helps your body you relax to rise. And that's all we have to do. But that's hard. <laughs> it is. It's getting easier every day. And for the people who have known me, they've seen such a change, especially in the past few months. And then they ask me what I'm doing. It's like, if you can do it, then I can do it. Mm -hmm. So I am the typical type A, this person, get it done. And I'll stay up all night, team, no sleep, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so... I'm glad to be an example for them so that they can say, all right, let me do a little bit of that. Uh, Marcia, you're just a beautiful soul. And I can feel oh, you. Thank you. How sweet. Totally feel your energy. And I love it. Tell people who are, where can these type A professional people want to learn, who want to learn how to relax, find you? How do, who do you and how can they get in touch with you? Sure. So you can find me. I have a website, <clears throat> illuminatingwisdom.com, illuminatingwisdom.com. I'm also on LinkedIn as Marcia Narine Weldon. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. But um, 
happy to talk to anybody and just, I just want to be able to help as many people as possible. Of course, I offer paid services, but I just want to talk to people. And just, if I can have a conversation that can say, Hey, check out this book, check out this, or let's just, you know, let's just talk. Um, How did I do it? I'm still a work in progress. We all are, but I just want other people who were like me to just learn how to sit back, relax, let it happen and, and be guided and, and, the right things are going to come. Be patient, let it happen. And life can be magic. I think miracles are normal, right? Yeah. And so, and it's once you start to think about that and to stop trying to control everything, then, you know, stuff's going to flow. And it's a good feeling. It's a really good feeling. It is a good feeling. And I love that, that you're sharing this in the world with people who are like, you know, I'm just, I just said anymore, you don't have to be a hippie to have a tree and you don't have to be a monk to be mindful. You can be mindful anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, I'll put all the links down below so people can find you. And I personally will be definitely watching and following your journey and seeing how you go along. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Uh, thanks for being here. I appreciate your time. Great. You've been listening to The Powerful Creator Show with Cheryl Sosnowski. Subscribe at iTunes or go to PowerfulCreatorShow.com and join our email list so you never miss a future episode. Have a powerfully creative day.